You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. So, I know a lot of us wish the world would be uh, a perfect place or at least better than it is at most times. And so someone gave me these definitions of what uh, a perfect world would look like. So a perfect world would be where chocolates have no calories, right? Perfect world. Procrastination would be honored as a virtue. Perfect world. Teens would rather clean their rooms than talk on the phone. Uh, again, perfect world. Uh, politicians would pay us taxes. Uh, children on trips would say, isn't riding in the car fun? And then they'd go to sleep. Right, Jason, Leslie? Perfect world. My boys would say candy would be considered a uh, vegetable. Mothers would say men would go through labor. Right, Leslie? Yeah, perfect world. Uh, Texas sign uh, on a store read one time, be patient, none of us am perfect. Thought that was kind of funny. Unfortunately, you know, we do not live in a perfect world, so we have to deal with the fourth powerful characteristic uh, towards godliness that Paul talks about there in Galatians uh, 5.22, and that is patience. Because, like it or not, we all need patience, especially in an imperfect world. So we're continuing our series on the fruit of the Spirit. The Apostle Paul talks about that again in Galatians 5.22, and there he writes, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. There is no law against these things. And so we've kind of been taking these in the order that Paul lists them there. And so far we've talked about love, joy, peace. And so tonight we are going to focus on that godly attribute of patience. Um, Paul kind of talks about this in 1 Corinthians 13. And he talks about agape love. It is patient. Okay? First grade teacher who had 32 students in her class. This one day, it had kind of rained all day long. So at the end of the school day, teacher began helping to put the galoshes on all those 32 first graders. So the teacher finally comes to the last little girl. She begins to put on the galoshes on this little girl and found they were extremely tight-fitting. This teacher, she pulled, she tugged, she pushed, she grunted, she groaned, but finally she was able to get those galoshes on the little girl's feet. Just as the teacher finished snapping the second bootstrap in place, the little girl said, you know what, teacher? These aren't my galoshes. The teacher could not believe it. So she pulled, she tugged, she pushed, she grunted, she groaned until glistening with sweat, she finally yanked the galoshes off the feet of that little girl. As the teacher looked up at that little girl, the little girl said to her, they're my sisters and she lets me wear them. Now, what that woman needed is something that we all need, and it really is a virtue that seems to be lacking more and more today in our culture, um, and that is what the Bible calls long-suffering, or what Paul kind of describes in Galatians 5.22 is that virtue of patience. As you'll discover, long-suffering is patience, but it really is more than patience. So what does the word patience mean, and how does it really, or how should it manifest itself in our lives? Now, the word long-suffering or patience is defined as the determination to live by faith and not by feeling, to respond with grace 
rather than to react with grief regardless of the circumstances. Now, one Greek lexicon kind of defined it as self-restraint before proceeding to action. The quality of a person who is able to avenge himself and yet refrains from doing so. It's a great definition of patience. Now, the book of James kind of shows us three ways the characteristic of patience should really manifest itself in our lives. And the first one is probably the one we all struggle with, and that is patience with difficult people. Anybody struggle with that? Yeah. James 5, verse 7 through 8 says this, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it, until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. So James is illustrating patience with the picture of a farmer. Now, you know, a, par a farmer is one who plants, he weeds, he waters, he cultivates. Every day he does two things. He watches and he waits because he knows you cannot hurry the harvest, but he also knows the harvest will come in due time. Now, what is true of crops is really true also of people. And that's why James goes on to say in verse 9, do not grumble or do not complain against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Now, many of us have seen the bumper sticker that says, be patient with me. God isn't finished with me yet. Well, what is true of us is also true of others. Now, the Greek word for long-suffering or patience, in the Greek, it is the word makrothumos. And macro means long or slow. Thumos means heat or energy or anger or wrath. So it's slow to get angry. You have a long fuse. You're a person who doesn't boil over quickly. You know how to manage, you know how to control your anger. Now, it's, again, no coincidence that the word anger is just one letter short of danger. Proverbs 14.9 says it this way, A patient man has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. He says it's wise to be patient, but it is very foolish to be quick-tempered. God is this way. God is slow to anger, okay? Psalm 138 said the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. Someone has said that patience is the ability to idle your motor when you feel like stripping your gears. I like that. That's a good definition. And again, we just need to be careful to make this distinction. Again, patience is not passivity, okay? It's not indifference. It isn't that fatalistic attitude toward life which kind of sits back, twiddling its thumbs, saying, okay, sirrah, sirrah, what will be, will be, okay? Patience does not mean that you never get angry because anger is not always wrong, okay? I believe we need to be angry about abortion in this country, okay? I think to lack anger toward abortion in this country is a problem. I think we need to be angry 
towards things that are happening in our country. Because again, a lack of anger towards some things, uh, again, it's not wrong to have anger towards some things that are going on, okay? Patience simply means you're slow to anger. You're quick to get rid of it, whether we hold grudges or, or try to get even. Now, the fact of the matter is you cannot get away from people who are going to try your patience. As a matter of fact, I've learned this lesson. The people you love the most are the people that are going to try your patience the most, okay? Now, if you've been married more than three days, you know that's true. I don't care how peaceful a marriage can look on the outside, there is always room for impatience on the inside. I heard about a couple who had had a very peaceful marriage that it was kind of talked about, uh, bragged about all over town. And when they celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary, a newspaper reporter came out and asked them, what is the secret to your domestic tranquility? The husband said, well, it dates back really to our honeymoon when we took a pack mule trip down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Shortly after we started down, my wife's mule stumbled, and Ethel took that mule by the ears, shook him vigorously, and said, that's once. We continued a bit further, and the mule stumbled again. And my wife got off, shook him by the ears even more vigorously, and said, that's twice. Said we had hardly gone half a mile when the mule stumbled a third time. And he said, immediately my wife pulled out a revolver from her purse and shot him right between the eyes. When I began to protest this unusual, cruel, and insensitivity of that animal, she got off that mule, grabbed me by the ears, shook me vigorously, and said, that's once. <laughs> now, the truth is, the only way to learn to be patient with difficult people is to love them. Again, this is what Paul kind of gets at in 1 Corinthians 13, 4. He says, love never gives up. God's love never gives up on us. And so, likewise... We're never to give up in our love for God and in our love for one another, especially those that are closest to us. The Word of God tells us we are to love everybody. Well, if you love everybody, then we've got to learn to be patient with everybody, which is why Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.14, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. So again, we just have to learn and we just have to grow in our patience toward difficult people. Second way patience should manifest itself in our lives, that's um, a perseverance with demanding problems. James 5 uh, continues in verse 10 saying, For the examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance, you can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Now, it's interesting that James mentions Job. I mean, think about all that Job went through. First of all, he faces destitution. Then he goes on and he loses everything that he owned. And then he is confronted with the death of his children, his grandchildren. They're just wiped out. He then faces disease and was covered with terrible sores and boils. And then he goes on to face desertion. I mean, even his own wife turned her back on him, telling him, just curse God and die. Definitely not the gift of encouragement. But like Job, every one of us, from time to time, we're going to face demanding, sometimes overwhelming problems. And just as you cannot hide from difficult people, you cannot run from demanding problems. Now, again, it's important for you to understand that problems are not meant to defeat you. 
They're not meant to depress you. They're not meant to discourage you. But rather, they really are meant to develop you. Let me say that again. Problems are not meant to defeat you. They're not meant to depress you. Nor are they meant to discourage you. They're really meant to develop you. Problems are not tools to tear you down, but rather they are tests to build you up. So often we think about Job, again, we just tend to focus on that first part of the book. And we forget about the last part of the book. And that's where God comes back and he restores everything to Job. The reason that's important is because after Job went out and he went through all those difficult problems, he comes out on the other side. Listen to his testimony in Job chapter 42, beginning in verse 1. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. You ask, who is that that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It is I. And I was talking about things I knew nothing about, things far too wonderful for me. You said, listen, and I will speak. I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. I had only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. I take back everything I said, and I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. Now, in essence, what Job said to the Lord was this. He said, Lord, I learned things going through those demanding problems that I would have never, ever learned any other way. And he says, I know you now in a way I never knew you before. I want to tell you the greatest lesson you will ever learn in life, the greatest lessons you'll ever learn in life are not when you party during the good times, but it's when you persevere through the hard times. That is what hard times are for. I was reading about giraffes. Now, I've never seen a giraffe being born, but it must be something. They say the first parts to emerge are the baby giraffe's front hooves and head. Then the entire calf appears and just tumbles 10 feet to the ground, landing on its back. Within a matter of seconds, the new baby rolls over and stands struggling with those untried legs. Then an amazing thing happens. The mother giraffe positions herself directly over the newborn calf and looks it over. Then she swings her own long leg outward and just kind of kicks that baby giraffe, sending it sprawling head over heels. If it doesn't get up, she kicks it all over again. If it grows tired, she kicks it again to stimulate its effort to stand. And each time the baby giraffe manages to get to its feet, its mother kicks it over again. Now again, to a lot of us, that just kind of seems really cruel. It seems unusual. But again, there's a reason for it. And they say the mother is simply preparing that little calf for survival. Because that calf must learn to get up quickly and run with the herd when danger comes or that calf will die and not survive. So you see, that little calf has to learn the same lesson we all have to learn. And that is when life kicks you and knocks you down, you have to get back up. Some of the greatest victories in life you will learn are won just by the sheer determination of perseverance. William Wilberforce was a member of the British Parliament, and he was a very close friend of John Newton, the former slave who wrote the song Amazing Grace. William Wilberforce was a tremendous Christian who saw early on the true evils of slavery. He goes on a crusade in the British Parliament, and he really works to outlaw slavery in all of the British Empire. 
Wilberforce begged, he pleaded, he introduced bills, and each time he would be laughed down, shouted down, and voted down. On his deathbed, the British Parliament finally signed the bill outlawing slavery throughout the entire British Empire. How long did it take? 50 years. You see, long-suffering is not passive resignation that does not try to solve a problem. Long-suffering is a positive response that dares you to trust God to help you solve a problem. I cannot guarantee you that you'll be successful, but I can guarantee you that if you're not long-suffering, you will eventually become a failure. And again, you're not a failure until you quit, but when you quit, you are a failure. So the third way patience should be manifested in our lives is a persistence with a definite purpose. Now, why does God allow difficult people and demanding problems into our lives? Again, it's to develop maturity. James says in the first chapter, verse 3 through 4, he says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Now, the word for complete means mature. So God's goal for every one of us, God's goal for your life is maturity. And patience, while it may be a bitter plan at times, it always bears eventually the sweetest fruit. For full-blown patience makes for a full-blown Christian. It's by patience that we see God's work in us, and it's by perseverance we learn God's will for us. Let me ask you this. Do you know why patience, why long-suffering is so difficult for us? Because it involves waiting. I'm convinced one of the most difficult things to do in life is to wait. I mean, we're the instant generation. We're the, we're the microwave generation. Here in a country that exists on frozen dinners, instant mashed potatoes, you know, powdered uh, orange juice, packaged cakes mix, instant print cameras, grocery store express lanes, it's difficult. It's impossible to learn how to wait. Just be honest. Wouldn't you rather do anything than wait? I Man, I don't know about you guys. I get into a store. And I'll get up there to the checkout lane, and I will scan, and I will look for the shortest lane. And I will go and get in that lane thinking, I'm going to get out of here quickly. And it inevitably becomes the slowest lane in the whole store. It drives me crazy. I just feel like I have this incredible knack for finding the shortest, slowest line um, in all of the store. But I mean, again, be honest. Wouldn't you rather do anything than wait? If the truth were known, sometimes we'd rather do the wrong thing than wait. Jell-O, a lot of us are familiar with that product, celebrated its 100th anniversary in, 1970, in 1997. Now, the story of its inventor is truly ironic. Clear back in 1897, Pearl Waite was the guy's name, and he wore several hats. He was a construction worker, also dabbled in patent medicines, and he went door to door selling his remedies. In the midst of his tinkering, he came up with the idea of mixing fruit flavoring with granulated gelatin. And his wife named it Jell-O. And Waite thought he had just one more product to peddle. Well, unfortunately, sales were not as strong for this product as they hoped they would be. So in 1899, Pearl Waite sold his Jell-O rights to order Woodward for $450. Now, Woodward knew the value of marketing, so within just eight brief years, 
Wade's neighbor turned a $450 investment into a $1 million business. Today, not a single relative of Pearl Waite receives one penny from the millions of boxes of Jell-O that are sold every day. Why? Because Waite just couldn't wait. Pun. But you know... <laughs> But you know what the scripture says in Isaiah 4, 31, 40, 31? Those that wait, those that wait upon the Lord. And again, we all know that's difficult. It's difficult when we're waiting for healing. It's, waiting, or it's difficult when we're waiting, you know, for a financial miracle. Um, it's, you know, difficult when we're waiting for restoration. But again, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And that's why James chapter 5, verse 7, be patient until the coming of the Lord. You know, that's the only reason the world is still here. It's not because God is powerless. It's not because God is passive. It's because God is patient. It's the only reason the world's still here. God is long-suffering. Jesus is coming back. Make no doubt about that. That is his promise. Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, or the Lord is not slow, some translations will say, concerning his promise, as some count slowness or slackness, but he is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Every day, Every day that God gives us, beyond the day we have today, every day is a day, another day to repent. It's another day for those that are not saved to get saved, to repent. And all of this is because it is due to the long-suffering, the patience of God. Therefore, knowing that Jesus is coming back, be reminded that those of us who are long-suffering, we're going to be the winners. Because again, winners never quit and quitters never win. Amen? Let's just pray. Father, we just again thank you for this virtue of patience. And God, here's the thing. We know that when we begin to pray for this virtue of patience, that God, you begin to put difficult people into our lives, God, because that's one of the ways you develop patience in us. And God, when we pray for patience, God, you're going to begin to bring maybe demanding problems into our life because this is one of the ways you develop patience in us. God is putting us in, pl in places where impatience begins to rise to the surface. And so God, as we're dealing with difficult people and we're dealing with demanding problems, and God, we become impatient, it's an opportunity for us to really kind of confront those feelings that we're having in the midst of those people and those problems. And God, it gives us an opportunity again to mature, to grow deeper in that virtue of patience. So God, just don't let us be surprised, God, that if we're asking for greater patience, God, that you're going to bring difficult people and you're going to bring demanding problems into our lives. All as a means, God, of developing greater patience in us. So God, I just pray, Lord, as we look to you and God, as we begin to, again, invite the power, the presence of the Holy Spirit to begin to produce, to increase, to deepen these attributes of the Holy Spirit in us. God, that again, we would be aware of your ways and how you work in our lives. And so, Father, we just ask, Lord, that again, you would just continue to produce 
Again, God, to increase and to deepen this virtue of patience within us. And God, as this virtue of patience is developed in us, that God, others will see that, that God, it'll be a testimony of your work, of your goodness, of your long-suffering in our lives. So God, again, make us a patient people. And God, we just thank you for this opportunity, again, just to wait upon you. As again, Isaiah 40 encourages us just to wait upon you, and God, you will renew our strength. So tonight, God, we just come. Some of us here tonight may be weak. We may be weary, worn out, worn down. And God, this is our opportunity. This is our time to just wait upon you, to look to you. And God, we know that in waiting upon you, God, that you will renew our strength. So Father, tonight we just kind of come and we just wait upon you tonight. We welcome, we invite your Holy Spirit to just come into this place, to come into us. God, to manifest yourself through us, through the giftings of the Spirit. So tonight, Father, we just ask, Lord, that you would just come and have your way in here tonight. That God, if there's a prophetic word, that that would come forth tonight. God, if there's words of wisdom, of knowledge, God, that those would come forth tonight. That God, if there is a, a word in, in tongues and an interpretation, that, that God, if you choose to move that way tonight, Father, we just wait upon you to come and just to manifest your spirit in that way. So, Father, we just again thank you for your power, your presence with us tonight. And we thank you, God, for your promise of renewing us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.